Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Rene Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's, let's get, get it on. Oh, Matt couldn't make it to today's episode. <laughs> uh, Renee's all by himself. If you're wondering why oh, I'm wearing 10, uh, 10 turtlenecks, because Stipe let us all down. That was crazy. That was crazy. You know, I just had a student who said, I just listened to your last podcast where you said there's no way Stipe would lose. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I did say first round knockout. Yes, you did. And, you know, um, the fight played out exactly like we thought in the beginning. And and Daniel Cormier did not look good in the striking and he got caught with one twos. He said afterwards, I, I listened to an interview that he said that the, the punches weren't really affecting him hard. Um but uh I don't know about that. His his movement looked a little off and, and Steve was really dominating. But then yeah, I don't know what happened. And the one place where Daniel Cormier is very effective is the clinch. And his dirty boxing, his clinch uh, game because he's a Greco-Roman wrestler. His clinch game is really good, and you don't want to play with him there. And uh, why Stipe engaged him in the clinch over and over is, is beyond me. Um, but um, it, it's, it was a good fight in, in terms of like the four four minutes of it. The four minutes. <laughs> um, it was intellectual because I, I listened to Daniel Cormier's interview afterwards, and this is what I really enjoyed was this. He's like, we watched tons of videotape on Stipe, and we found a place where we could beat him. And we noticed that when he was in clinch, he would drop his hands low. And I was going over it with one of my uh, uh, students who's also a striking instructor in my academy. He's like, yeah, you could see. We, we, I, he's like, I watched over and over again. You can see that he was baiting him to think about the clinch and thinking he was going to go for a more, more of aggressive grappling. And then uh, it was a total setup for uh, the, the hook. And, and, and the hook was so tight. Um, you know, you, you, you don't think it's so dangerous until you get hit with one of those. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I always say that, that Daniel Cormier doesn't have solid punching power. Now, in the clinch, he does. He, he's known as an uppercut guy in the clinch. In the clinch and uppercuts, he, he generates a lot of power. It's from the outside that I was talking about. And, mm-hmm. um, um, and he doesn't generate power from the outside much, but uh, unless you know that, that big haymaker that he does. But uh, but in the clinch, he's very effective. I've seen him throw a lot of really nasty uppercuts from the clinch. But this was interesting because I think Stipe also expected the uppercut because I'm sure Stipe was watching or his coaches were watching some film. They're like, yeah, Daniel Cormier does that. Does a necktie, you know, neck control, head control, and then he throws uppercut. But in this case, he did head control. Then he was fighting for that that underhook. And then as soon as Stipe dropped his hand, which they were expecting, he dropped his hand really low, came over with the short hook and just dropped. And I thought it was an elbow at first because uh, it looks so tight, but that they probably practice that quite often. I, I think that's a, it's, it's a triumph of like, you know, really having a good coach. And um, Javier Mendez, who's, who's uh, Daniel Cormier coach, is a very tactical thinker. And, and um, I mean, there's a reason why there's a whole lot of champions coming out of AKA because they have a few guys in that in that that lead the charge that are really adept at looking at video and understanding how to approach a fight tactically. And uh, they, whether it was Daniel Cormier or Javier uh, Mendez or uh, whether it was Crazy Bob Cook, any of those guys at that, that 
or maybe a training partner, but they found a weakness where Stipe drops his hands in the clinch. And you could tell he was not respecting Daniel Cormier. He was, and there was a point where he was like, hey, I'm going to beat this guy. And you could see it in Stipe's face. He's like, he hit him with a one, two, one, two, one, two, and he just keeps connecting. And he's like, ha, I got this. And then he even engaged the clinch, took Daniel Cormier's back, standing with the gut wrench, but just kind of let it go. And he was dominant until they clinch. And then it was like, whoa, what just happened? And I was I was in shock. It reminded me of um, what was the one where yeah it was McGregor um, Jose Aldo where it was like pop it was just over you know you're like mm-hmm. what what just happened you know you're like yeah. that was a very short fight and uh, and and um, wasn't what you'd expect I I didn't expect it would it would end in the first round uh, I thought it would go longer and I thought it would be a clinch fight. I thought Daniel Cormier will try for the clinch and Stipe will reject the clinch. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He did not reject it. He actually initiated it. And I'm like, wow, you're killing the guy on the outside. Why are you not Why are you not staying on the outside? And um, Professor Ken, I watched the fights with Professor Ken, who you know has been on our podcast mm-hmm. before, and we're looking at each other. We're like, why is he doing that? He's killing him from the outside. And then we're like, this is not what he should be doing. And like a second later, before Ken said, he probably shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. A second later, he was knocked out. Mm. It was the triumph of a great strategy and also on Stipe's part, who I have a lot of respect for, but in this performance, low fight IQ. You know, yeah. maybe a little tinge with the arrogance. Who knows? You mm-hmm. know? I know that's my take on the fight. And and yes, you know, I'm eating humble pie saying that uh, I thought Stipe would, would have a dominant performance and that, that's not the case. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, a fight's a fight. And if you're not fighting with your tools in an intelligent way, you are always open for for danger. And and I and I say never underestimate the power of anyone. And this goes for all my students and anyone out there. You never underestimate the power of someone to hurt you. And sometimes we get we get on our high horse, people who do jiu-jitsu or whatever, you're like, oh I'm so trained. Like, dude, anybody can hurt you at any time. Uh, if you're not expecting this and yet he didn't respect Cormier and he kind of got a little arrogant in there and he kind of initiated like man that is not smart fight a smart fight so um, that's my take on it what's your take well I went to sleep but (laughs) I had no I had no fears I was not worried I was 100% sure that Stipe was going to win and then I know right five minutes after I was sleeping in dreamland my phone vibrates (laughs) And I'm awake. Oh, did I wake you up? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, lean, I open my phone and I have a, a text from Renee. Was it 12, 15 or 12, 10? And uh, just telling, just just mocking me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have the energy to respond back, so I just closed my phone and went right back to sleep. Let's see. Let's see what this text is I sent you. Hold on. Uh, where, where is it, Matt? I'm going to pull it up. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so, um, man, you just have no luck. Yeah. Exclamation point. Four, eight times. <laughs> <laughs> Not only my luck, Conor McGregor will be in jail next week. You know, and I threw you a bone. I threw you a bone. Uh, you know, I, I, I let you take the dark horse, <laughs> and I still won. <laughs> Double Poor or Matt. nothing. Poor Matt. Round Double two. Or, round two. Well, Double they, or nothing. No, what are we waiting no, about? No, okay. no. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of the game. Oh come I'm on! Bad luck. It make it, it, make it, more, it makes it more. I'll take Double or nothing. <laughs> I don't know what round two. What do they got? They're going to do a rematch. No, uh, no. I mean, what's what's the what's the next next one? I don't uh, even know what the next Brock one. Brock Lesnar, I guess, for him. Which was um, 
you know, it's ridiculous that, that Brock Lesnar should fight him. I, I was talking to the promoter um, uh, of uh, Premier FC, and she was very critical because Brock Lesnar is a what a five and three fighter, right? Riding a bunch of losses, how he immediately gets a title shot over so many more deserving people is is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, and and I think as martial artists, we really don't like this part. But at the end of the day, it is entertainment, and. Um, uh, spectacle sells, and you know, you know what's interesting. I was watching this movie last night. Um, you ever seen the movie Battle Battle of Sexes? It came out about the Billy Jean King Billy Riggs yeah. uh, tennis rivalry, and I was alive Steve at the time. Steve Carell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually it's actually a really good movie, and and it, it deals with a lot of topics. And um, you know, when I was alive, it's like seeing something that you experienced at, as, a, as, a, as a, on the sidelines, and then the movie. And from what I understand, it, it's a, it's a legitimate portrayal. The movie shows you the inside. And you realize that um, Bobby Riggs played this incredible male chauvinist pig, and he was it, and it's all made up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe any of it. He doesn't believe any. What he did was he wanted to create a spectacle, and he said, "This is what's going to sell in this 1970s with women's lib, and this is an issue." And he's like, you know, his wife is a is a is a is a very successful and 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 liberated woman, and she's like, "Why are you saying all this?" He's like, oh, "Because it's it's going to sell," and he he doesn't believe it's just, we. We crave drama, like we were talking about in our last podcast. We crave drama and we crave spectacle. And I would say most MMA fans, even even guys who are you know trained, they are just as interested in drama and spectacle as they are in, in technique. And the people who don't train are interested in drama and spectacle, mm-hmm. not the violence. And and I, 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 it's funny because I have a very good best friend, and he he's a little bit critical of my love of MMA because he just sees it as violence. And I'd say. You know, most fans, while they, they want to see some action and things like that, they really love the drama, the spectacle. And, you know, in this movie, this tennis movie, this guy created the spectacle out of, you know, uh, out of thin air. And it, and it was like, you know, the biggest tennis game of it, of the generation. And the same thing with Brock Lesnar fighting um, – uh, Daniel Cormier, it's the, it's the new you know Brock Lesnar's the, the the Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor, and he he can just bring in so many eyes to to the to the pay per view, mm-hmm. and and you know everybody's gonna watch it. You know you know they're gonna watch it. The same thing with Conor McGregor versus um, Khabib in Russia. You know it's gonna happen, and every single person on the planet's gonna tune in. Look look at Mayweather McGregor. To- total ridiculous fight, ridiculous, and yet it's like one of the most watched boxing I watched matches. It. Yeah, yeah, I did not watch it. I I, I didn't pay it. for it, but I yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't pay for it. It was like there was this, you know, the Instagram feed or YouTube feed or mm-hmm. Twitter feed. My wife and we watched it a little bit, but I'm not paying for this crap. No. But um, it's one of the most watched boxing matches in history, and nobody watches Lomachenko. Lomachenko, who is the best, most gifted boxer of her generation, up there with the greatest boxers of all time. And people don't watch him. And then they watch freaking McGregor and Conor McGregor and, and Mayweather. Like yeah. it's just ridiculous. So so it's 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 spectacle and uh, is part of show business. And um, mm. and as martial artists, you know, I know lots of martial artists who just can't stand that part. Eh, you know, I guess it's the the price we pay to have MMA. I like the the drama and the spectacle when it doesn't feel forced. Like I know that in some level, there's always some. Fakery so who is her. your who is your fa- favorite drama creator? Cormier and Jones. That was my favorite. The back and forth between them felt real. Oh, it's totally real. Yeah, yeah. that was real. And I like that. Like I when think they were Cormier, whatever Cormier says is real. I don't think it's 
I don't think he stages anything. Mm-hmm. I think he's just like this is who I am. I like, think they see, hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see on the Ultimate Fighter that he he loves to like needle and he was needling Stipe in the Ultimate Fighter in a friendly way. You know, yeah. I think he does it well that he he not trash talks, but he needles guys and he 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 banter's banter's the best best word. Yeah. He banter's in a way that's funny. And um, and uh, not really like nobody would get really pissed off, but you're like, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a little bit of trolling, you know, and and um, and he has a he has a, a little Ali kind of thing going on there where, you know, you enjoy what he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really don't I don't like that about Conor McGregor. I don't no. like anything. What he says childish. is stupid and childish. And, you know, some people feel that Chael Sonnen was good at creating drama. I think he went too far. Um, but he definitely oh. he definitely riled people up. Tito Ortiz and Shamrock. Yes, that, that was, was good. A, that was good, and that was real. Oh, that was yeah. totally real. Yeah, I mean Today that started. You know that 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 feud started way back when. That was not fake at all because yeah. it started when um, the two camps, the two teams, their junior guys would fight each other, and they they created that rivalry as coaches, mm-hmm. and um, and. Um, that was a real that rivalry. Ultimate Fighter season. I didn't really watch it for I, the I drama. I didn't see that season. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, really? What happened? It was just a whole bunch of back and forth between them and their teams, and yeah. they're you know which team's going to win, and then they fight, and it's just oh, it was sixteen episodes of drama. Yeah, um, but real drama, not Brock Lesnar walking into the ring and pushing people. You know what? You know what? We we talk about this, and and um, I think Brock Lesnar's just an asshole. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that's fake. I think he's just an asshole. I think he's he, a bully and an asshole and a cheater, and and he's weak and he's mentally weak. Brock Lesnar is mentally weak. Mm. And you want to you want to hear a story? And this is this is uh, goes back. It's, it goes to the card. I mean, people also talk about the Cormier fight. There's the Nagano fight, which is a disaster. But we t- mental toughness is something that you have to have in Japanese. Martial arts put a premium on that. If you talk to Japanese, they'll say, "What is the most important aspect of fighting?" They go, "You know, seishin." Spirit, you know, your spirit, your mental toughness. And, the, and that, that's, you know what? Technique is important. And sure. And then some Japanese fighters tend to neglect technique for more of the mental side. But, you know, like Japanese fighters, they love going in the like, you know, the, the waterfall and staying in the ice cold waterfall for, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes and, you know, doing all the Spartan training and build that toughness. And that is really important because Brock Lesnar, this is what he did. I, I think we talked about this before, but he had a he had his own training training a group that he he left an academy and he went to his own training group, and he hired uh, uh, his sparring partners, which which a lot of people do. But he realized that the sparring partners had this little the scuttlebutt was that anytime they beat the snot out of him, he would be like really pissed and threatened to kind of fire them, and then they knew to go light on him because mm-hmm. if they wanted to keep their jobs. And a lot of them became like this entourage of people who would support him and make him feel good and and instead of like really pushing him and training him hard. Mm-hmm. So he surrounded himself with, with an entourage of psychophants rather than real training partners and used his financial power over them to make sure that every training session went his way. And, and you know, oh, he's going too hard, da 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 And um, he's a mentally weak bully. And you can see that the minute, you know – he got he gets hit in the face really hard. He's like, ah, you know, like, you know, didn't take enough steroids. And oh, I've got diverticulitis. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. You know, you know, you, he broke, and he's going to come back because he wants the payday. But Daniel Cormier will break him again because Brock Lesnar is mentally weak. Yeah. And the same, you know, Ronda Rousey broke. 
I'm not saying she's mentally weak. I think she's mentally strong, but she got put into an environment which can break down your your strength. You know, you be, you become delusioned and you believe in these delusions, and then when they break, they they break you. You know, um, uh, and then look at the Francis and Gano fight. You saw it. How awful it was. Yeah, it was drawn out. It was it was nothing happened, and he was punch shy, so punch shy. I mean, what happened was Stipe broke him. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're a bully personality, and I, I don't mean, I think Brock Lesnar is an actual bully, but I don't mean a bully when I say a bully personality. What I mean is this, is that you like when you're, the things are going good. So if I'm on top of you, mashing you, you get stronger, you get more, yeah, you know, I'm mashing you. like, you know, you can't take it when you're the mashy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're the underneath the guy, you're like, uh, you know, you just tap out or whatever. Like, you have to, in training, you have to go to those hard places all the time to develop that strength. The mm-hmm. mental strength is not like something that just creatively imagined. Like you have to push. You have to go into those bad positions and just live there. And if you don't, you will break. And Ngano is it's a perfect example of a guy who's physically really able. And we talked about this on another podcast, you know, where you you know you, you're the the athletic most athletic guy in your training camp. So people they can't put you in those positions. But you know what? You know what? I heard about Nagano's last camp with Stipe. I heard this. I was shocked. Do you know in the entire camp he said, I'm not going to grapple. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not going to grapple. Like that really worked well for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're an idiot. The thing you're the worst at, you're just going to avoid. You're a coward and you're mentally weak. And you was brought up too fast. Too fast. It's kind of maybe not his fault, but he's brought up too fast and brought, brought to the glitter and this and that. And he was he's just, you know, mentally didn't develop the toughness to go into those dark places. Mm. And if you're not doing that, man, the tech, all the technique in the world is not going to save you. And then Daniel Cormier, I know you don't like him, but this guy is freaking iron will. I remember when John Jones just wrecked him and he just, just started crying. <laughs> you know, like, he was like, fuck. You know, like, he's soul-crushing defeat. And you know the, the rivalry, you just said, the rivalry between them was absolutely real. And they freaking hate each other. And he's the last person in the world that he wants to lose to. Mm-hmm. And he got shellacked. <laughs> and he's like, motherfucker. I love when Jones came over to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like, yeah, yeah, get right. Away from get away from me. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like really crying. I mean, yeah. the guy was really in tears. And, you know, a lot of people would have just given up on him. He but came he's, back he came from, back yeah. and he's like, I'll put it behind me. I will put it behind me and I will move forward. And that is like, I know you're not a DC fan, but that is what it's about. Man, you have these horrible things that happen to you. You know what? Put in the rearview mirror, hit the gas and go to gear five and just push forward. And now the guy is only the second person in the entire history of the UFC to hold two belts at the same time. I don't care what you think about this fight or the fights before, or, you know, not John Jones being there. That is an impressive, absolutely impressive accomplishment to come back from a soul-crushing defeat and have that mental willpower to say, I'm going to get back in at the next date and do the gym. And you know who is also iron will is George St. Pierre. You know, he lost to Matt Serra. I heard the next day he was, bam, ready, no break, nothing, next day ready to train. And he's like, let's fix it. And he came back and just, you know, the second time he fought Matt Sarah, he just I don't know if you've seen that. It's just like one of the worst beatdowns I've seen in the UFC history. Came back stronger. And to me, that's what martial arts is. There's a proverb in Japanese, seven times down, eight times up. Now, why do you why do we train martial arts? Okay, there's a certain point where we're gonna go on how to defend ourselves and get in shape and blah, blah, blah. But after that, why do you do it? We always say, Oh, well, it affects your life, it helps your life, you know, how does it help your life? 
How does it help your life? Okay, well, you're in better shape or this or that. Mental strength. Focus, awareness, all these things are true. But at the end of the day, life is a fight. Life is a battle. Like, you know, and, and people don't realize, I, I always say that Matt here, you know, I tease him and I'm, I'm kind of mean to him and I choke him, which I will do later. <laughs> but Matt, you are, you're incredibly impressive that the, the, this person who built uh, this Gotham podcast studio, which we're here, is the most amazing, impressive setup. And it was built by this great guy in front of me by his sheer force of will and guts and, you know, hard work. And life is a fight. Um, you don't think whether it's a fight to to get through the day of a hard job, whether it's a fight to fight for your dreams, whether it's a fight to, you know, just get over a bad breakup or whatever, whatever life throws at you. You think life is easy, life isn't easy. It's the fight seven times down, eight times down. Whatever throws at you, you know, fuck you, life. I'm getting back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Jones knocked me out with one of the worst highlight reel high kicks ever. You know what? Next day, I'm practicing high kick defense, and I'm going back in, and I'm going to come back and be the champion. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to beat Jay, Anthony Johnson. I'm going to beat Ozdemir. I maintain my – then I go to the heavyweight, and I become a two, the only the second title belt holder in, in, in the history of the UFC. Wow. Man, you earn my respect. There's no quit. Whereas other fighters where they have a challenge and they just get crushed, they retire and go to the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and complain about diverticulitis. That was that was Brock Lesnar, not Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. I was talking about. But I guess you, you know, I don't want to trash on Ronda. She, you know, she's, you know, she, I think in Ronda's case, it was, you know, she is mentally strong, but she got so wrapped up in a in a bad group yeah. that it, it chipped away at that. It, it it brought her to a different place, and then she she couldn't come back from that. Um, and uh, but bully personalities are naturally mm-hmm. weak, and and Brock Lesnar is a weak weak willed piece of steroid garbage. <laughs> I think the thing that I didn't like it the most about the Brock Lesnar thing is that uh, while I can believe that Brock Lesnar is, a, is an asshole and, and loves to get into scrums and all that yeah. kind of shit in the ring, why didn't the UFC stop it? But he was so fast. He was yeah, so fast. It was in there for, he was in there yeah, for like also, three, four minutes pushing oh, people around. Oh, really? DC pushed him back. Oh, right, right. Well, you know. And Dana White's just standing there like, yeah. oh, what's going on? <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you. If DC and Cormier were pushing each other, I would not get in between them. <laughs> Those are two big dudes, man. Well, they got especially, security Especially guard. DC now. DC has Billy was huge. Man. You got Joe Rogan there who's a, a beast and you got Dana White who no, looks like he's on steroids. They could they could pull him apart. No, no way. No way. That's hard. That's actually really hard. Well, you then know, they're – No, you know, you know, actually, can I tell you something? That this is a misunderstanding of, of fighting and, and this is not – to, not to disrespect you, Matt, and I, I totally respect – How dare but you. Let, but let me tell you. One of the most dangerous things in self-defense – I was talking about the self-defense class. One of the absolutely most dangerous things out of all self-defense scenarios is getting in between two people and trying to pull them apart. Mm. It's extremely dangerous. And actually, I, I am aware of a, a situation where that tried to happen in a, a few situations, but one particularly in, in my uh, close circle of, of people I understand, and teachers and stuff, where one trained person tried to get in between two people and wound up uh, basically – you know, ha- suffering injuries that lasted for the rest of his life and and really messed him up. So um, getting in between people and trying to stop a fight um, is incredibly difficult. And there's no way I would stand in between. <laughs> you know, you have to come behind one and pull them away or, you know, do multiple people. And you have to be trained to it. You know, a lot of bouncers have uh, some training with that. It's a specific fighting skill, like a jab, like a cross, how to defuse mm-hmm. two people fighting each other. And if you do it alone, it's almost impossible without taking some damage. Do you remember the time? But, 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 but going back to the point, I'm not, I'm not negating it. I think probably like, well, as long as they're not hurting each other, this, this is going to make us more money. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, you know, there's presu- 
Zufa, I mean, post, uh, post Zufa yeah, we're in, sale. We're in a different world now. Yeah, yeah. Zufa, when they ran it, and now the new owners, it's totally different. Yeah. They want a little bit more razzmatazz because they are tremendously in debt. The hedge fund mm-hmm. group sold it. How did they sell it for you know, a couple, like a billion or something? I don't mm-hmm. even know. It's a huge amount of money. And they they have to recoup the, their losses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and razzmatazz, drama, you know, shenanigans, these things, which I detest. I absolutely detest. So, and I, you know what? The funny thing is, Daniel Cormier really didn't like that. He really didn't. I don't think he was acting. And you know what? I, I'll tell you what. His kids were in, in there with him. And Brock Lesnar is, you know, shouting off obscenities. Like, who would want their, their you know, young kids shouting off obscenities? Uh, someone shouting off obscenities in front of your young kids. Nobody would want that. He called them out, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean, I, I calling him out and then, like, saying you want to fight and then... You know, you could call someone out and you could make it happen. And then taking it to another level is another thing. You got it. You got it under the table. Here's ten yeah. grand for calling out Brock Lesnar. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. And then, you know, you know, probably, probably they told him to do that too. You know, like, hey, let's make a big fight. Why is everybody calling out Brock Lesnar? John Jones either. called him out, and uh, DC no, because him because out? because he'll bring bring the WWE audience. You know, he's he's still a huge draw. He's huge. Somebody draw. call out the Rock. I want the rock in the UFC. Yeah, no, no. But but Brock Lesnar actually can, you know, like the guy was a D one All American. Yeah. He can he's he's he has some skill and he's trained, you know, and he was the I mean Brock Lesnar was the former champion for a little bit. What for um, like a two minutes? Yeah, two minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. UFC Hall of Fame probably. Oh my they god. They love putting people in the UFC Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, speaking of Hall of Fame, you know, there's a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame who who never fought. So we, we had that discussion. Know, yeah. There there's uh there's like um I forgot who it was, uh the janitor, I think. Um uh, Joel Silva, the matchmaker, was put in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's not just fighters; it's like people who contributed to the sport. Yeah, yeah. You should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, right. No. I contributed. I didn't. Record. Oh yeah, but but you know, I mean, let me tell you, the way the jiu-jitsu world is really interesting is that it's it's an open source of hundreds and hundreds of people contributing, and mine is a small contribution, and 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 definitely, I I think I, I've added something to the to the conversation of MMA jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, being the small. podcast MMA Hall of Fame podcast. You know, we'll hopefully start it. someday. We'll someday, start it yeah. right now. <laughs> but um, you and Chael uh, Sonnen. Yeah, oh, God, oh God. But um, so, so what was what was your? You know, I want to, I want to, I want to hear your take on on the Nagano fight, though. That you know, I told you, he's like, like the guy is mentally broken, and you know, he just he fought a Derek guy with a bad back, Derek Bronson, who mm-hmm. sucks. I mean, let's get he's he missed weight, didn't he? Did he miss weight or he was no? Something. We were watching uh, the the undisputed or the behind the scenes thing. And he was he was cutting weight and he's a heavyweight. It's like God, you can't get to two sixty five without cutting. And his back is injured too, so you you couldn't you couldn't put it on a guy this hyper athlete Nagano. You couldn't put it on a guy who has a bad back and is not in his best shape. Like I mean, that's yeah. a problem. And it's not that you have to beat him, but you you you're just afraid to engage. Mm-hmm. And gun shy. Got total gun shy. And um, that's happened a lot of times. People come back from – get a loss, a really big, really big loss. Usually it's a KO. Mm-hmm. But um, they get a really big loss and then they're never the same. Never the same. And uh, I think maybe we've seen the end of Nagano in the mix of the you know, heavyweight champions. You know, he kind of reminds me of um, some of the guys who came and went – like Czech Congo, who were like, oh, my God, Czech Congo, or this or that, were just like, they came and went. They came and went. They they big splash, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Czech Congo wasn't a good fighter, just, you know, he's a little bit more of a kickboxer, and so adjusting to MMA was maybe a little more difficult. But, but he, he came with a big splash, the same thing with um, Sukaju, the same thing with um, Brock Lesnar, 
the same thing with these guys that came and went, came and went, and and they they don't have that lasting power. And I think the heavyweight division is kind of suffers from that. Yeah. But um, I really uh, like Nagano. The first time I saw him, I was like, yeah. this guy is an animal. You know, he's, he's, so, he's he seems pretty cool too. Yeah, um, any interviews I've seen, he's pretty down to earth and normal. Yeah. And um, but um, just couldn't handle losing. Yeah, and also uh, he, you know, the the, the and this happened to George St. Pierre, the 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 the. the PR train, the 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 the, the, yeah. the, the champion train it is uh, gets it gets it gets you. You can't train the same way unless you get a bit, little bit big head. Even even some of the most humble person, you're going to get a little big head. And it, and and then to say to your camp, I'm not going to work on grappling, just shows that you mm-hmm. will never be a champion again. Right. You're mentally weak already, or 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 you or you're just or you just have an inflated sense of yourself. One or the other, which is actually kind of the same thing. You know, yeah. Um, you do some DMT trips and just get in, get one with himself. You know, there's a lot to be Meditation. said. For that. I, I've not done that, but uh, um, you know, these these people are talking about the the what's that ayahuasca yeah. trips and things I can like that. I need some DMT. You want to do that? I don't. What is DMT? I don't know what it stands for because it's a long medical term, but it's basically like bootleg I- ayahuasca. Oh, right, right. But it only right. lasts ten minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But uh, you know, it's interesting because ketamine and all these other drugs that we we sort of terrible, but they're uh, f- when they discover their pharmacological effects, they can see a lot of positive effects for pe- soldiers with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, ketamine is like the first line now is coming to be the first line of defense for people who are suicidal because it it suddenly kind of re- 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 rejumps their brain. Mm-hmm. And I think this like drugs are bad, drugs are bad culture that we've had. Uh, has stopped, particularly with cannabis, has stopped yeah. the ability for researchers to, uh, without um, onerous restrictions, really explore the more positive sides. I've never done drugs in my life. I've never smoked marijuana. I have not never smoked a cigarette. I have not had a al- drink of alcohol since 1993. So I'm not, a, I'm not a person who goes and smokes up. I'm not a you know 10-planet <laughs> jiu-jitsu guy. But at the same time, let's scientifically you know, uh, see how these can, things can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, hey, maybe maybe that is a, a way to, to get in touch with yourself and reconnect with your inner warrior. Who knows? I, I don't know. We don't know if you don't actually study it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people who, um, when I lived in Japan, for about a week, minimum a week, sometimes more, I would go off to a Zen temple. And I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in any, you know, higher power or anything like that. But the Zen temple where it's basically you, you get a vow of silence and you sit there and you stare at a wall for 12 hours a day and you clean and you just prepare food and you eat. And that's it. But it, it, it became this like weird recentering that was very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd come back and my judo, because at that time I was trained judo, my judo would just be on point. My focus, my awareness. So there's something to be said for the different styles of training a mental game. Whether it's like you brought up meditation, um, whether it's something more. Um, uh, I know, I know, uh, Machida took um, some sort of banned substance, but it's not. It wasn't. Um, it was not a steroid. It was a uh, mood mood effect. It affect mm-hmm. your mood. It was like DH. It was DHEA, which is an over the counter supplement, which. Uh, uh, helps you promote like a, a sense of calmness, and he said that helped him get into the zone better. And it, it eventually became a banned substance, but uh, but it's not. It doesn't promote muscle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with uh, there's some science for ZMA. Have you ever heard of ZMA? Yeah. It's a supplement that was created that's supposed to like you know get you more, you know, in the zone and on, on the you know like more happy. Like it helps you just reach your happy place better. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of people are like why do you have to use drugs to get there? Well, you know. What you can do is the, the the supplementation 
can help you get to the first step and teach your body how to get there on its own. Right. Especially, particularly if you're dealing with, um, you know, depression or um, some sort of, you know, PTSD. I have a number of soldiers in my academy who, um, you know, are dealing with the after effects of seeing severe combat and. The martial training uh, regimen is helping them tremendously, at least, you know, my small part. And I'm, what, there's also other aspects of their doing their seeing therapist and some mm-hmm. medication, things like that, a number of them. And, you know, that's a whole multi-pronged approach to treating that, that uh, thing. And, and um, you know, whether you're dealing with that level of depression or, or PTSD or you're dealing with the fighter coming back from, you know, a really horrible loss, coming back from something tragic – is a battle and maybe you can't always have that mental strength on your own. That's okay. So you reach out to other people and yeah. they can help bring you that eight times up again. That's hard. Sometimes you can't do it on your own. That's you know? hard. And, the, and probably the, the, the athletic community for, for males to admit that they need help with mental yeah. things. Very hard and, and, and totally and really important. Yeah. And um, so the mental game is it. And, 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 you know, yeah, just saying that I need a med- – you know, Andre Agassi. Do you know Andre Agassi, mm-hmm. the tennis player? Tennis. So I don't really follow tennis that much. Um, why, why are we talking so much yeah, about tennis, tennis, <laughs> tennis, tennis today? But Andre Agassi, supposedly, this was told me, um, that he went through a period where he was just in a slump and just like went from like the top 10 to like the top 90, mm-hmm. which is like nothing, right? Yeah. He hired a mental coach and boom, his game came back. But he was had the presence of mind, and he and he also had some internal demons too. Um, I believe there was some, you know, he turned to drugs a little bit, and this and and again, maybe it's a type of kind of you want to self medicate to 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 push away those those demons that you have to deal with. But he hired a mental coach, did the mental work, and clawed his way back to the championship, became the champion again. And it shows like wow, mental training is so key. And I'll tell you, I've seen so many fighters. So many, many fighters um, where I'm like, time to hang up the gloves, buddy. You just don't have it mentally. You know, I didn't say it in those words, but, man, you just you just don't have it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's dangerous to put you there. And, you know, they're not also willing to seek out the or do the work mentally to to get to that place. And, you know, when I say seven times down, eight times down, it's not to shame people for being weak. Weakness is, is not – it's human. It's great. You, you're sometimes going to have these pits where you fall into. You can try to claw yourself up, but sometimes you can't do it alone. You 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 get your brotherhood, your sisterhood, and or you know hire a professional to pull you back. And in the fight game, you you hire that mental coach. You hire this guy. You come and you you we as human beings are more than the sum of our parts, meaning the parts not ourselves, but the, the community we sound or surround yourself with. So you surround those, yourself with those people who will build you back up. Mm-hmm. Not delusion. Yeah, no yes man. No yes man. The people who are going to make you face those hard truths and make you say, this is what you did. And and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I am retired from fighting. Um, but if I ever came back, the first thing I would have to do was pull up the video of my one loss, watch it over and over and over again and sit there with Professor Ken or someone, great strike coach, but preferably Professor Ken, and say, how can I make sure this never happens again? And how can I learn from this? How can this? And and you have to eat it. And let me tell you, watching that loss for me is just burns a laser beam right through my heart. I, I, it's so hard for me to watch it. Not watched it in a while? <laughs> no. <laughs> it just, every single time I watch it, it's just like, it's like being shot. Wow. 
it's so crushing for me to watch it. But I know exactly what happened and I know – but if I were going to go back in the ring – and even now I, I'm trying to learn from it because I know exactly I know exactly what I did wrong. And I make sure if I'm shadow boxing or if I'm teaching, hey, don't do this. This is what I did. But if I went back into the fight game, the first thing I would do, sit down with Professor Ken and let's watch it 100 times and let's make sure this doesn't happen again. What else am I doing wrong? Here. Okay, this. What else – what can I do – this. How can I fix this? What? Where should I go? Here and and I reach out to those people who I tremendously respect to pull me up. Now, of course, the impetus may be a little from me, but I can't do it alone. And sometimes, you know, the 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 things that happen to us are so devastating. The losses are so crushing. Like Daniel Cormier just absolutely hating to lose to John Jones, mm-hmm. and you just see his face. And there was there was an interesting meme about that. It was his face and he's crying and it was like people are making fun of him. I don't know if you know when he lost to John Jones, people just, just brutalized him on the internet. Oh, he's not a man. I apologize. No, he's like, oh, he's not a man. He's such a pussy, blah, blah, blah. Man, you don't know what it's like to strive for something that level and fall short. And it, it's, a, it's so hard to, to, to every single moment of your life striving for that great thing and then to have this motherfucker just kick you in the face and put you down like uh-huh. it's nothing. <laughs> like fuck <laughs> and but to come back from that and I'm sure Daniel Cormier didn't do it alone but you know um, he reached out and he also listened to the coaches and I would not be surprised if he had a mental coach I would be very I would not be surprised I'm sure he does you yeah. know someone in that team and then Nagano's gotta do that man you gotta got it like dude you gotta you're gun shy you yeah. are gun shy and this is what we learn from martial arts is like how to overcome those tra- <clears throat> excuse me, those tragedies, how to overcome those, those the big or small. Man, I am not letting you put me in the dirt, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm getting up. I'm calling out. I think we need somebody like uh, Daniel Cormier to come out and speak about his his struggles in a more open. I know he probably yeah. has, but that would be the, great. The stigma I would love needs to, to be that. broken yeah, for yeah. this toxic masculinity that says, I can't go to therapy. Yeah, I've yeah. been to therapy. Fuck it. Everybody yeah. needs therapy at some point in their life. Absolutely. They yeah. all need help. So there's got to be somebody. And I think Daniel Cormier being a great public speaker. And having going through it himself, I'd love to hear his story. There's a great movement in jiu-jitsu now, and it's mostly in the sports jiu-jitsu world, but it's called Submit the Stigma. Mm-hmm. And it's a stigma of mental illness. It's um, spearheaded by uh, – uh, shoot, I forgot her name. Um, Christina Barlam, who is a, a black belt champion in, in the jiu-jitsu world and just phenomenal practitioner. But she opens up about her um, history of uh, – I believe being sexually assaulted and then uh, being in an abusive relationship and how jiu-jitsu helped her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one area where she surrounded herself by a positive community and, and, and brought herself up. But the other thing was um, there's no stigma in seeking out mental help. There's, you know, submit the stigma, meaning, hey, go out there and find who you need to do to, to crawl your way back up. And um, everybody will find some point when they're in that pit. Mm-hmm. They're just down, you know, you ever see that the, the, the Batman movie, the third movie with Christian Bale when mm-hmm. he's in the pit, he's stuck. Yeah. And that's a great metaphor for life where you climb and you fall, you climb and you fall. But eventually you do climb yourself out. Maybe you don't climb yourself out with just your help, but somebody throws you down a rope. Somebody helps you see what you can become, your, your inner warrior. Mm-hmm. And um, whether it's coming back from a devastating loss or coming back from a personal tragedy or having the courage like you to, to quit the day job the nine to five and say, I'm going to just, I'm going to rock and roll and do my own thing. Man, to have that mental strength is, uh, it's tremendous, you know, but something we can't do it alone. I know you have a wonderful wife who's always in your corner and, and pushing you. And we, we are, we are human beings. We are social animals. 
to think you can be Clint Eastwood in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, you know, the lone guy on the West and right off in the sunset, that is bullshit. Mm-hmm. That is absolute bullshit. That's, again, that, that Hollywood fake bullshit. No. You go with your... And that never existed in the cowboy world. That, that, like, let me tell you. <laughs> well, you know, posses, that's what talking yeah, about. Right, right. But you know, I don't know if you guys know, but I used to work in a ranch, and I, I've been around the, the West guys. I, oh. I, you know, I, was, I was trying to train to be a farrier, and I love horses, and I love that Western culture too. Let me tell you, if you go, delve into the Western culture, it was never the lone guy riding off the side. That's a Hollywood creation. You know, what it was was the cowboys. Cowboys were herders who would herd cattle, and they would work together as a team. Like firemen work together as a team. You know, like police work together as a team. Like any like a, my fight gym works together as a team. Like the ancient clans of the samurai, like the Scottish Highlanders, like the Spartans. We're, we, we're humans, and we are our best when we surround ourselves with people who can uh, see, help us see our best and, 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 and recover from, from the, 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 the trials, the tribulations, that, the, the punches that life sets at us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniel Cormier is an inspiration. And, um, and I think Nangano has to learn from that. And, and the interesting thing, did you, we were talking about the ultimate fighter um, uh, the, 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 before. The, the, the Adesanya card was the ultimate fight. was before, the night before this. There was the, did you see the championship fight? The, the, it was no. just interesting because one guy basically, he kind of, he kind of stopped fighting. And he, you know, I was talking, we're looking like, why is this guy stopped fighting? In the third round, he just stops. And he just allows himself to get pummeled. And he's also better. I mean, there's no question this fighter. I don't want to say names because it sounds like I'm trash talking, but it was, it was the, I actually can't remember his name, <laughs> but it was Trezano versus G, I forgot his name. Anyway, but, um, but um, he basically just gave up. Mm-hmm. And, and something happened mentally there. I don't even know what. And he's shaking his head, you know, and like, I did bad. Like, he knew. He knew it, but he couldn't rev himself up. But I think this kid's a warrior, and he knew. He realized that something was, was off. Something was wrong. It could be that he was injured, but it didn't seem like it. Because he was he – was, he just stopped fighting. And, and there's – at the end of the day, the mental strength is what propels you into that ring and propels you into life. And hopefully he'll surround himself by trainers who can, who can overcome because the kid is really good. Um, but you can have all the technique in the world. If you don't have that mental fortitude and the ability to push forward, you're not doing martial arts. Mm-hmm. You're doing Asian-inspired aerobics. <laughs> you know, like, you're, that's what it is. That's the whole martial journey, yeah. you know? That you, we talked about the hero's journey, you know? You come back with, with the will of iron, and but you can't do that alone. You mm. know, don't think you can do that alone. You know, you have to have a lot of people yeah. supporting don't you. Don't do it alone. Yeah. So that's that's my take on that. You know. Wow. All right. So uh, UFC 227, the card as it is so far, which things probably change. I mean, I was really disappointed with Max Holloway. Yeah. Oh. Get into that. that was disappointing that he had to step out. Yeah. Um, and and talk about um, talk about uh, concussions. You know, like yeah. that's it. You know, he. You know these Hawaiian guys. They're 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 mentally tough, but to the point where maybe the training is not so safe. There's so many so many Hawaiians <laughs> too, that have too that. Much. No, there there's so many Hawaiians that they they just brawl out in the gym, and yeah. um, hopefully he's okay. But I, I think also we're we're watching the the the, the, the this generation of MMA fighters, who are going to exhibit a lot of. Um, uh, symptoms of brain trauma, especially the ones that come from the camps where they just kill each other, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's sad. Um, there's another another thing about MMA that's uh, 
that you know you it is what it is. Boxing is even worse. But you know, yeah. you ever been to a boxing gym? Half the people talk like this, <laughs> you know, because they're they're brain trauma. They, oh, that's know. not funny. No, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> so, not funny. No, no, yeah. no. You know, that's why Mike Tyson talks like that. Yeah, that's not his like list. I mean, he has a high pitched voice, but that's in, exacerbated by yeah. brain trauma. As so does. So does every, almost every – you can hear it in almost every boxer. Yeah. He has that little bit that, – that, 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 that's a little slower. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, pugilistic dementia. Oh, man. I just thought of a really horrible joke. I'm not going to say it. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. you, gotta, you can't leave me hanging, buddy. <laughs> I was say Muhammad Ali had that towards the end. Oh, so. of course. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of the oh, – whatever. So uh, Dillashaw versus Garbrandt. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for that. I'm so gonna we're going to do double, with, double I'm sticking with Dillashaw. Really? Well, Col- Garbrandt has a lot of health issues. No kidding. I didn't know yeah, that. He, had, um, he, couldn't, like, he couldn't walk for a while because he had like some sort of something with his back. So he had surgery. He was out for like a year. He's got health issues. No kidding. Yeah. So I'm sticking with Til- Dillashaw. Well, he, he definitely won that last fight. But again, yeah. it was funny because it was kind of played out by like, the, like this one where in the beginning, Garbrandt, I mean, was winning. He dropped him too. Mm-hmm. You remember that? D- D- Garbrandt dropped Dillashaw and then he's like, Kind of run a clinic and then suddenly comes back in the next round and Dillashaw just just, just bomb. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how he won. He won with the it was a punch though. I forgot how he won, but I can't remember. Yeah, um, Johnson versus Henry Cejudo. 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 Yep, I know. Wow, wow. Demetrius Johnson coming back. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just ashamed for you. I'm mispronouncing Spanish names. Cajudo. <laughs> Cajudo. Jesus it's America. Christ. Do you eat? Do you do you eat uh, tortillas? Tortillas. <laughs> tackles. You like tackles? Matt Cejudo. Cejudo. <laughs> Win some mean. more fights and I'll pronounce your name right. Uh, how about this one? Alexander Guffs. Guffs. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Fighting Vulcan. Old Ozdemir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's an interesting fight. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, but uh, Cejudo's fighting um, Demetrius Johnson again, huh? Yeah. We'll see. Good, yeah. But, you know, Cejudo's one of the guys who he gets better every time. He comes back stronger and stronger. And um, obviously, being an Olympian, you have some, you know, some serious mental strength, particularly wrestling. That's that's the – everybody I've known from wrestling, it's something about like, like Nate, Nathan, your brother-in-law, something about guys who did wrestling – they just develop an iron will, and it, it doesn't leave them for the rest of their lives. It's one reason why you know we don't think of martial arts wrestling as a martial art, but wrestling is absolutely a martial art. Never mm-hmm. met anybody from a serious wrestling program that was you know mentally weak. I'm sure they exist, but but very very rare. And Brock Lesnar is an example of the contra example where you know he is right now at his point not mentally strong, but but um, wrestling can develop a, a strength in you. And Cejudo is is something else. It's Cejudo. Oh, it is not Cejudo. Uh, coming up really soon is a <laughs> Matt, fight, fight I'm gonna night. Choke you, I'm going to choke you out, Matt. <laughs> Joanna Jajurjic. She's back again. Oh, she's back. Wow. Yeah, she's wow. fighting a, uh, some great fighters. Trisha, Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres. Tisha Torres. That's uh, that the fight car. Uh, fight, she's fight fighting night. Tisha Torres. No kidding. In uh, a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Tisha, Canada. Tisha's going to get wrecked. Yeah, that's that's just a confidence builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the UFC does that. They kind of kind of throw you like some some you know easier fights to claw your way back. Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. 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 Yeah. <laughs> now he's all afraid. Don't worry. I will only correct you on the Latino names. All right. <laughs> Jose Aldo. That is. It's actually Jose. It yeah. is actually is Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Any other names? Oh, wow, this one. G-A-D-Z-H-I-M-U-A-R-A-D. Wait, wait, hold on. Let me see it. 
Gadzimurad. Gadzimurad. Yeah, the, you know, sort of... Anti-globe. Eastern, Eastern European, you know, Dagestani kind of names. Those this are is riveting the, audio the, the, for the our listeners, by yes, the way. Okay. <laughs> Pronouncing fighters' names that you've never yeah, heard I of. Think, I think that's... The, now we, but you know, I know what you're doing, Matt. You're pushing, you're pushing. Islam Makachev. <laughs> so I'm taking my <laughs> time. To, so we're not doing a double or nothing, right? I'm not betting anymore. Just choke me so <laughs> okay. I can get out on my day. <laughs> so if people you're going to do some sort of like a choke, right? Choke. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm, do I'm a not wearing choke. a gi, but, no, but you're wearing am I appropriately jacket? Yes. dressed? Okay. You, you dress Should perfectly. I stand or? No, you can sit there and just, just get, gonna yeah. relax and yeah, just yeah, hang yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Should I take my headphones off? Or? Whatever you want. Whatever I want, I want to <laughs> run away. <laughs> All right. As with the other two losses I've had, <laughs> Renee is now getting in the position behind me. You'll hear my voice. Start to waver, and I'm dying. I'm tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't so bad, was it? No, was I do that nice. all day. I, I was very nice. So mm. that is that is a double it's like a rug burn there too. Yeah, double lapel choke. Yeah. Oh, you give you a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, well. tell, tell your wife you got choked out because it's gonna look like a hickey <laughs> instead. <laughs> Renee choked me today. Are you sure? This <laughs> video. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. I, I love this. I love this this episode today. I, it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. You loved it because you're a sadist. <laughs> That's why you got into martial arts. <laughs> Please rate, review, share, and I just, subscribe. I just enjoy being mean to you, Matt. <laughs> That's like. I'm the owner of this <laughs> podcast studio. We will not do this podcast anymore. No violence in here. No. I'm not betting ever again, so I Why will never not? be choked Come again. On. Okay. It wasn't Unless so I'm bad, with, was it? No, it wasn't bad. It was yeah. the best of the the three. The last one with the, the Japanese. That was, was a that tough was, one. Yeah, that was a tough one. And then one. the first one, obviously. Yeah, you squirmed. That, That's why it was bad because you squirmed on the last one. Yeah. So I'm like, no, you got to eat it. <laughs> I didn't move on this one. I did stretch out my neck a little bit. Mm-hmm. I felt like that helped. I don't know if that made it worse, probably. The first time you choked me, I was my neck was sore for like two days. Really? Yeah, I had a weird, my voice sounded weird. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I, 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 the papers. I'm suing you. The papers are coming. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> we'll be back again next week. Uh, no fights coming up. No, not for we, a bit. We got to figure yeah. out what we're going to talk about. We got to oh, go deep on it or we'll something. Go deep. Yeah, maybe we, we get, to get some guests. Yeah, yeah, we have to get some guests. If you want to be a guest on the show, send us a message. Yeah, especially on, if your uh, name Facebook. is Damian Maya. Oh, yeah, we didn't shit on Damien Maya today. <laughs> hey, get better, Damien. <laughs> Stop being bad. What's he bad at? He's bad at wrestling? Or? Yeah, no. He's bad at striking. something. Striking. All right, he's bad at striking. Yeah. Go go into the go into Serbia and learn striking. I don't know. Professor Ken can help him out. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. my God, Come to yeah. New York City and look up Professor Ken. Okay, uh, that's it for the show. Uh, any more violence you want to inflict on me or are we good to go? Good. You want to punch me? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Please share, subscribe, rate, review, like, tweet, other things. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.